welcome everyone to a new episode of GFT. Oh my god. Welcome to a new episode of GFT. We're just going to have Shannon like, fix that part there. So, as you can read, we are talking about none other than Black Panther. Um, oh yeah, so I'm Kat, and with me of course is Leah. We, we've been gone for about a month, so... We will be talking. We're, we will be talking about our new love of Black Panther because oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and that's my professional opinion on that. And my professional opinion is bury me in the ocean because my ancestors knew it's better to be dead than in bonds. <laughs> that that was actually a great line. Um, so. We're going to just, like, right off the bat say spoilers. If you have not uh, seen the movie, pause us, go, go now, buy your ticket now, go watch the movie. Um, Because we will be talking and spoiling all over, like, Black Panther, because because it was awesome. So I bought tickets online uh, probably, like, a week or two before the movie came out and it was actually not sold out for opening day which was awesome well one of the okay let's get that straight two showings were not sold out for opening day at the theater that we would go to so we did buy tickets for the 10 o'clock showing um and i have been dealing with um uh, we just found out that I'm anemic, which Welcome isn't a big deal, but I've been dealing with a lot of fatigue. I've been very, very <laughs> exhausted lately. So um, it was, we, you know, my husband's over there wondering, like, should we just no cancel? Day. And I'm like, no, no, no. I bought these tickets. We're going to go see this. And part of me was very scared I would fall asleep. But once I start, was, once it started, I was just all, all about it. Um, but the great thing... The great thing about it when when I ordered the tickets was I get a free moving poster from it. I have a, I got one too, but I haven't ordered it because you have to go through like hoops to get it, and I'm just like really lazy, really really lazy. All I know is I ordered my tickets a month and a half ago. I bought, ordered everyone's tickets in advance, so I bought five tickets in one sitting, and it was like so this is ours. Got the best seat in mm-hmm. the house, so I was not mad. We came in full regala. Oh my god! Full, yeah, and I'm quite happy and proud of that. I was so ready. My team was ready. Everybody was you like, came "So in we're like here a now." Squad. Yes, like, we are here now. Everybody there are memes they weren't about wearing you. something that was some kind of kente or some kind of African cloth. They were wearing Wakanda straight out Wakanda t-shirts, dressed like if they were in a Black Panther, they were Black Panther. It was awesome. I tell you. Had the best time. I actually liked what uh, the theater that I was going to did. So when you ordered the tickets, you actually had to choose your seat. So they were assigned seats, which was really awesome. So there was no fighting over like, you know, I have, you know, you have your you have your family of of eight with you, and then you have three <laughs> seats in between, and then there's another like family of like three or four next to you and you're like dude you know there's that spot right there just fill in the rows fill in the rows and I actually got the tickets for the only spot that has two seats so (laughs) it's literally just me and Shannon in those two seats and that was it (laughs) it's like I don't have to worry because this always happens to me I'm so sure every every time we get and I can be at the last row the last person that walks in is always fucking seven feet tall and sits right in front of me. Did you see the video? There's a there's a picture of a guy who went to the um, movies, but his he got a high top, but his high top is about as tall as he is. And immediate reaction was like, I hope you were sitting in the back. You better be sitting in the back. I <laughs> would curse you out if you sat see, anywhere except yeah. in the back. I, I would be the person that he would sit in front of. You know, we got reserved seating as well. I'm, I've already, I've been changed. I am a changed woman. I will never buy tickets that are not reserved ever again in my life. It is beautiful. It is lovely. I love it. We were quite happy. We were just like, yes, this is where we're supposed to be. All our seats were perfectly fine. We were aligned. 
sitting That's next like to each other in love in with each other, just <laughs> feeling each other's essence, feeling the essence of the tea of what was going on in front of us. Everybody who saw us was like, yes, queens, yes! And I was like, yes, that's me. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Uh, the movie itself, let's head into this movie. Let me tell you how great this movie was. From the first scene, did he freeze like an antelope in the headlights? Done. Quite done. We knew where it was going to be. We knew where we were going from that point. It was so great for so many reasons. A, it was great to have a black movie where, where nobody had to go to go to church in order to save the day. Holy shit, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Nobody was, there was no light-skinned guy who was the, the hero of the story. It wasn't, I have to go to church and in order to, I, once I find God, then I, I can save everything. No, it was, I am king and you will fight me to become king. And then Umbaku Manave is chilling there like, so you want, you want to handle this? And he's like, you do not speak here. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, yeah, man, I will <laughs> I'm like yes. Oh, my favorite part is we will eat you. Yeah, no, no, we're vegetarians. We're <laughs> just like no. Also, I don't think I'm not certain if many people notice this. So, there's a character in the movie that wasn't addressed, but I'm pretty certain was a character. So in the very beginning, when Killmonger goes and robs the African um, heritage site uh, museum, there was a woman. That woman had two lines the entire movie. She was sitting, she was working at the desk. And when she saw the the people go in, once she saw the um, the EMS go in, she was like, oh, I got to go. Yes. And then we flash forward and then she's making out with Killmonger as they're setting up, as they're like getting away. And then she assists with the pickup of Claw and then gets shot by Killmonger. That was Madam Slay. What? See? Madam Slay is mm-hmm. um, known to be Killmonger's girlfriend. So at first I was like, yes, exactly. So at first, when I saw the movie yeah. and I saw her, mm-hmm. I immediately went, that's Madam Slay. Because she was known for her wild hair and short stature. So I was like, okay, cool. That's Madam Slay. And then he went and shot her. I said, okay, maybe that's not Madam Slay. She's dead now. <laughs> and then I was like, but then he dies. And I said, okay, so it definitely was Madam Slay because that's his only mm-hmm. girlfriend before he dies. It was nobody new before he died so hi madam slay it was nice Mm -hmm. seeing you for your whole 30 seconds of screen time shout out i cosplayed as you so that everybody knows right off the bat if you haven't listened to any episode before this our marvel expert expert here is leah whereas on the other hand i know dc um, and I'm not going to say I'm an expert. I just know some DC. Um, so she will say things and I'll just be like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why? Because I have no clue what the fuck she's talking about. So I have no clue who Madam Slay is. I just didn't want to sound really dumb. I'd be like, oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, no, she, she's very, she's not well known. She is basically... What's her name from Wonder Woman? The cheetah lady from Wonder Woman? I want to say Chitara, but I'm thinking that's a Thundercat. <laughs> I thought Chitara too, but I'm pretty certain that's a Thundercat as well. So I'm not certain who that was, um, what her name was. If y'all know, let us know. But she basically has the same powers. It's like animalistic skills and controls cheetahs and his girlfriend to Killmonger. So she raises the she raises Killmonger's army. Her name's fucking Cheetah. Cause cause this is gonna bug me out now. Cheetah. Her name is Cheetah. I'm sorry. Do, do you feel cheated? Ah see what I did there? <laughs> this is just fail whale. 
she is so that was that was one thing that popped in like that i didn't that i noticed but didn't notice i noticed and i don't feel anybody else noticed other things that i noticed was nakia girl let me tell you how mad i was every time i looked at nakia i like storm is gonna beat your ass when she finds you i want to see it i just want i just wanted i was fiending for um for aurora to be walking by i don't even care if she was like a part of the story if they had some black chick with white hair walking by i would have accepted her as as aurora and called it a day (laughs) but yeah so i was i was like excuse me you're not storm lupita you are not storm i don't think you understand you're not storm but whatever also had i had an issue with um the general the ball chick okay i don't i don't know if the things because my thing was is a story about the dora malaji in general and that was my biggest issue with her is the simple fact that dora malaji are supposed to all be future wives or wife candidates to okay wait wait wait, wait. the king wait wait because because i've heard things so i just want to see if the things i heard were the things that you're gonna say so go ahead each Dormalajis are ladies of each country, of each of the tribes. They are the women of the tribes who are trained to become fighters for the king. They're his personal bodyguard. They're basically his main army. Like, they're the baddest of his army and all of that. So when she sits there and she's there um, saying, hello, my lover, to the guy from Get Out, and let me tell you, I already knew he was a problem because as soon as I saw him, I said, "Get out!" And then it turns out he was—he uh, should have gotten out when he was when he had a chance. But let's all sit, um, take a moment to accept that pussy rules the world because he stood no chances. She was—he she, was like, "Yo, you gonna fight me?" She's like, "Yeah, you gonna fight me?" Nah, son, you got it. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I win. Congratulations, you're." Biggest, baddest rhino cannot stop me. So let's try this again. You really gonna fight me? You got it. That's all he can say. You got it. Put the sword down. He's like, you win. It's not worth it. Because he looked around. He's like, yo, at the end of the day, whether I win or I lose, I'm gonna end up fighting her in bed later. And I'm not gonna win that fight. I love the fact that he had the rhinoceros and... Like, she jumps right in front of the dude, and then Rhinoceros just runs up to her, like, licks her like a dog. (laughs) He's like, nah. Nah. You know what? Maybe I missed this part of the movie. So at the very end, so we know that this guy is... I I don't want to say a bad guy, but he's, he's all for, like, himself. He looks out for himself. This dude, um... The guy from Get Out. What's his name? What was his name in the movie? Anyways, so so at the end though, when everybody was there, was he with them at in the chamber when they're ta- when they were talking at the mm-hmm. end? Oh, he was Wakabi. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't remember seeing him. Does that mean he was there? Yeah. I don't know. We may have had an all black people look alike moment, and that just happened. Well, it, I don't remember. It, in all honesty, <laughs> that that part right there, everybody was kind of closed in on each other. So that's Sherry is future queen of Wakanda. So okay, so you have to explain something to me. So everybody, like, okay, if you don't know, now you know. Shuri is my favorite character. Now. Thank you, because that's something that I have. I was looking for... So I was explaining to Leah earlier. I I am in love with... Okay, so when I say I love just... I mean, actress uh, Letitia Wright, I think her name is, is just a phenomenal actress to begin with. Yeah. But the fact that they made her just like this complete genius, she's like the most... So this is the same cinematic universe that we have a Tony Stark and a Bruce Banner. And she is, she can out science, she can out science and tech them. And, and that made my heart sing one, ah, but she always had the best clothes. 
And I hate to be that girl, but I loved every one of her outfits. Oh, no. I From the start of the show, I was like, I'm all the way here for all Afrofuturism in this series. I'm happy with it. I'm proud of it. I am down with it. I'm ready to start sewing. I already bought some fabric. I'm ready. I have made two coffees and, a, and two shasters already. I'm ready for Afrofuturism to be a thing. Well, so the one outfit that Shuri wears that I am absolutely lo- in love Everybody. with, I'm going to have to see the movie again because there's no stills of this scene. No, no, no. I lie. There's stills of this scene, but the stills of this scene are from afar. So during the scene where, and it's pretty much in the beginning, um, Takala gets challenged by the five tribes. Yeah, from by the five tribes to actually be the king of Wakanda. And, and I love the fact that they were able to give, like, the history of Wakanda. That was freaking awesome. So they, they, tr- they challenge him, and his family's there. And Angela Bassett, by the way. Oh my god, she's so amazing. But yeah, so the outfit that Shuri wears in that scene is amazing. She had this cool head headpiece on um, with all this intricate beadwork. And then it comes down, so if you see later on, she's wearing what looks like the panther bottom jaw with the the fangs that pop up in in the battles in the battle what i want to call the battle outfit which is everybody loves that one but that's the one that's all over the internet so any picture that you see she has the two gauntlets and that's the outfit that she's wearing but the outfit that i'm in love with is the outfit that she wears for the challenge and there's beadwork throughout the whole thing, and it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And part of me is doing the, I really want to cosplay that. And then part of me is doing, okay, cultural appropriation. And it's like, ah, oh, where, where is that boundary? There's a difference between appropriation and appreciation. The boundary is when I tell you, you need to take that shit off before I take it off for you. That's where the boundary is. So the difference between appropriation and appreciation is basically who you're giving props to. So if somebody's like, hey, I really like this character, so I'm I'm dressing up as this character, and I really liked it, cool, fine, whatever. You're sitting there like, I felt I'm cool, and it's not like it was anything to do with anybody, and it was made by this white guy, so... Like I'm wearing boxer braids. That's a that's appropriation. Those those are cornrows. That's a black thing. Congratulations. That's appropriation. Appropriation is when you're not giving credit where credit is due. Appreciation is like, yo, Shuri looks hot. I want to look like Shuri. So guess what? I'm going to be wearing entire beadwork. But also, to be fair, you cannot wear that on the street. You can wear it at a con. And that's what I was going to say. I'm probably going to wear that at a con. That's probably not going to be... I mean, I may try to, like, pull off the Hell top. Yeah. I saw, like, bad outfits that she was wearing. I was like, I'm going to wear that. I'm going to wear that. I'm going to wear that one. And that t-shirt? I was like, yes, I'm wearing that all the way. Well, the outfit where Takala comes back, and it's her and Angela Bassett. So she's got that cool... That t-shirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> so here's something that was messed up for me. So, T'Chaka, T'Challa's dad, his eye is kind of um, janked, and it was really hard for me at one point, because they did a, like, mm-hmm. real, I watched it in 3D, unfortunately, and so I had to make, like, direct eye contact, and they did, like, a real close face, <laughs> like, straight in his face, and then they did a flashback to a, a tw- Atandwa, Connie, the guy who plays um T'Chaka's young version. And so all I could really like register from that is like, at what age did it happen that his eye got fucked up? Like, I want to see that scene. So did I. <laughs> mm-hmm. He he got like knocked in a fight and the the Black Panther mask was not as durable as it is now. Durable? <laughs> Like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, that that's my explanation for that. Who did I love? I loved For Forrest Whitaker. I felt like Forrest Whitaker was only there for show, like to put a brand name on on it. It was kind of like, let's find all the black people we can do it. 
Like, here's all the black people who can actually act. Congratulations. We put them in all in one movie and go. That shit was great, but Forrest Whitaker had literally no real purpose except to, like, storytell. Listen, they got, they had Angela Bassett. Because <laughs> I'm over here going, like, like, Michael, Michael Jordan was in it. And Michael B. Jordan. Okay, people. For those people who aren't sure who I'm talking about, no, not the basketball player. Get out of from under the rock that you live in. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it. Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya? Daniel? I know ethnic names. That's the guy from Get Out. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, of course, Winston Duke is just... He was just amazing. Lupita, yeah, and and I'm gonna say her name wrong. Danae, Danya, that's it. See, and right now my favorite meme is that there are the two white guys in uh in this movie, and they just happen to be from Lord of the Rings, so they are the Tolkien white guys. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, <laughs> they really were, yo. I cried because we ended the movie and all of a sudden, like, so what was the real purpose of Claw and Everett? Like, what? They barely, barely kept the movie going. And when I mean barely, I mean, if they weren't in the movie, I don't think it would have changed too much. So are we saying that those two were the sexy lamp test? (laughs) Yes, they failed the sexy lamp. Oh my god. And it was crazy because we're sitting there we're just like, to be honest, I could literally tell you the entire story if they weren't in, involved in the story at all. Because Killmonger would have still shown up because he had the tattoo on his face so he didn't really need a token offering to bring himself back in. He had a fucking tattoo and a ring. So he could have shown up at any point be like, excuse me, ask me who I am. Tell them who you are. <laughs> I am Moana. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> but the other thing is we have to under they have to have a reason for um what's his face to become to turn out sort of evil so this is supposedly like to call his brother their best friends they've grown up together and all he wanted was for killmonger i mean not Dead. killmonger for um claw to be Again? killed that's 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 what he wanted and to call a failed but to be clear they addressed that earlier because again claw again wasn't necessary because they had the conversation earlier where wakabi basically expressed that he was more of a militant and he was more um looking towards a militant style of ruling with t'challa's rule he said hey um i know you want to be nice and all but us beating their, their asses wouldn't sound like a bad idea either. I'm just saying. We could do it. And then Chichal was like, no. Because they had a... Chichal was like, yo, Nakia wants us to talk to the people outside. And he's like, yo, but we could really take over and it wouldn't be a problem. I'm just saying. No, we can't do that. Fuck. And that's literally that. That's literally, we all know that that's what Kabi's... He's more militant style. He's from the militant <laughs> um, side of the of the um, tribes. He handles army shit. Okay, cool. Again, Killmonger might have won much more easily without Claw and Everett as part of the storyline. Because he could have come in with nothing. Just showed the ring and the, and the scar. Like, hi. I'm family. Hi, auntie. <laughs> and that, then that just been like, one. I'm just here. Then he goes around, he knows, and Everett said it earlier, he's like, Killmonger, that was his life story, that was his job. He knows how to infiltrate countries and tear them down from the inside. So, oh, he didn't have to bring Claw, he literally just had to show up and talk to everybody, find out who's the weak link, Wakabi. Wakabi just wants somebody to hear him to say the same thing, and he's like, yo, but you know, I'm also in line for the throne, I'm just saying, and I completely agree with you cough cough oh my god i i figured out what the white dude was there for uh not not claw the other dude everett he would he was there to give us the backstory on the military stuff 
on Killmonger. Because if not, we will not know it. That, that's it. That was it. But I bet you they could have found it. They could have found that out. Because if Killmonger got too into Wilkabi, Black Panther, T'Challa would have been like, yo, Shuri, look this motherfucker up because he just coming out the woodwork. And then Shuri would have yoked on her Black Google. Google. <laughs> Handle business. Be like, oh, so according to my research, he's part of the CIA. He's part of this um, group that he's also known as Killmonger. He also is known to um, infiltrate countries and destroy them. And he has a very militant style, Circa and Malcolm X. I'd be a little worried of if I were you. Again, all of this. So. Token, they they are the sex, sexy lamp. They were not. They were not. You do not speak here. <laughs> I love that she called him a colonizer. <laughs> Don't scare me like that, colonizer. <laughs> I also love that they were all from different parts. They were, well, um, Lupita called it Pan-Africans because it was like everybody mm-hmm. was from different parts of Amer- um, like the world, but they were all black. And so they all came together and they all had to make this like generic DK African accent, mm-hmm. which is the accent that all of us use when we're like, when we watch, I forgot, <laughs> Michael B. Anthony, I think that's his name. Um, no, Michael Anthony, Mike, there's a black guy, Michael Blackson, that's his name. When we hear Michael Blackson, <laughs> I swear that's his name. When you hear it, that's oh like the God. accent that you hear. And so everybody mm-hmm. trying to make a generic version of that. And the fact that they use, um, I think the language is called Ilsi, Ilsi. I can't say, say it, but it's like spelled with an X, I swear. Um, mm-hmm. But they use a South African language, um, a real South African language in Black Panther. So while we didn't understand mm-hmm. shit, if you were as the Black Panther South Africa, you didn't need some, any... Uh, subtitles you were good yep so oh my god there's there's so much i probably can do like we could probably do like two or three episodes just on on our love of black panther right now um um yes five tribes one of the tribes of course being the ones that went up into the mountains and decided they didn't want to be part of wakanda yes i love the fact that i mean so the same panther that is like the center of that and you go through it and like there's that. He has this gorilla sort of cave going on. And I'm just like... That's because Mbaku is also known as Man-Ape. Is he a superhero too? He's a supervillain. So he is a oh, villain okay. in the okay. Black Panther um, universe um, known as Man Ape, who basically mm-hmm. is on a consistent. I want Wakanda for my own. I'm one of the tribes who didn't want to be part of it, but I want Wakanda for my own. So that whole that opening storyline, that opening um, clash, was us just really addressing this old storyline mm-hmm. with him and Man Ape, which was really great because we were all like, "Yes." Mm. But it's he's also openly and accepted as a leader. But you also see like why there's a lot of beef between the two two groups. I don't want to say two tribes, but the two groups. Mm-hmm. Um, because Mbaku already mentions it. He's like, y'all have not shown up here. You're the first king of Wakanda to show up here. Mm-hmm. So we want to be cool with you for why? Yeah. And then this guy's tribe. Was the uh, mm-hmm. guardians of that the was border? Tribe. Yeah. Now his tribe, I'm just thinking. Okay, they're like farmers. They're they have all these animals, and they have they have the rhinoceroses, which I love, by the way, because rhinos are so cute. <laughs> like rhinos and hippos, I think are adorable. But mm-hmm. and uh, and elephants, those are my three faves. <laughs> but. So they have these animals and they just look like farmers and you're like, oh, they're and and they control the border, make sure nobody just mm-hmm. wanders in. And then you see them in battle. And they have all these and it's and I love how each tribe has sort of like a color that kind of represents them. So theirs was like this blue hue that was 
all their all their uh I don't know what they're called those those wraps that they were wearing they were all this beautiful blue and then they just like put them out like a shield and it became and when an I actual say, shield they put them out, like wait a second hold oh, on. and they put them out like in a shield it's a whole fucking shield like big ass shield and it's not metal it's like all this tech that Shuri created now funny enough in the beginning there was a wisecrack about how um, the king of Wakanda is letting his little sister just dictate the the tech, and I'm like, well, one bitch be creating like, I'm gonna make this wrap, and when you put the wrap out like a shield, it's an actual shield, and nothing's gonna penetrate it. You really can't say shit. How do you think she became queen? So what happened when he he she became queen? So T'Challa goes, and you notice that in the Civil War, um, in Captain America Civil War. T'Challa has a habit of just going off the deep end with his revenge trips. So what happens is T'Challa like becomes involved in like a world like a war, and then the country itself was like tired of him mm-hmm. just keep leaving Africa to go be a superhero. Like stop it, you have things to do. So what happens is is that there's an unknown rule that the Dormalaji. They their job is to serve the throne, as mentioned, as Okoye mentions in the series. She's like, I'd serve that yeah. throne. But what she doesn't mention is that she gets to choose who belongs on that throne. Really? Yeah. So if she doesn't if they can choose to accept or not accept whomever's oh. on the throne. And so if once they have chosen not to accept it, they can dispose of that person and place somebody new upon the throne. So in the movie it was like Killmonger. They were like, "Yo, you gotta continue." She was like, "I have to listen to the throne and listen to what's going on." But if Black Panther continued to, um, if Killmonger continued on the way he was, she was gonna change her mind eventually. But for the moment, she had to stick it out until she found out that the the test hasn't hadn't been the the challenge hadn't been completed. So when she realized that the challenge had been completed, she was like, so you guys got to do it. And once he decided that he wasn't going to do the, the challenge, challenge again, yeah. he was like, um, so that means we have the right to, to depose of you. And that's when she was like, holy hell no. Everybody round up. Fuck you. So in the comics, basically, T'Challa goes around, does the same shit, like decides to go to one of his <laughs> revenge porn moments. And then um the door Malaj is like we're tired of your shit real tired of your shit so shuri so what's up and shuri's like well i'm here so i guess and so that's how she becomes the black panther yep so what I do have to ask, though, is okay. So, and 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 I guess this is because I do actually want to get into that topic too. So, one of the great things about this movie, from a family therapist aspect, so what I'm going to say is, I I was we were speaking briefly about this, and I said I wanted to see this movie again just so I can get all the psychological viewpoints to discuss it, um, and really like sort of dissect the the family therapy aspects to to bring an actual meteor part to it with that um we hadn't we just decided we were just going to jump on and do this because of course it's already been that's friday saturday sunday monday oh it's okay so it's already been 72 hours since the movie came out and we we just decided to jump on this and we were gonna so i didn't get to do another another uh, run of the movie and the only reason why I didn't get to see another the movie a second time during the weekend is because um, I have a baby here and it's not mine I didn't kidnap it I am babysitting um, and I'm not one of those people who are rude and just bring a two month old to a loud ass movie and then expect it to be quiet the whole time because I hate when people do that I'm not going to be that person so that is the reason why I didn't get to go see it yet uh, see it again. Sorry, um, but so I, what I want to talk about is the scene where after the challenge. Uh, so during the challenge, they take away his power by giving him that that uh, the herb, 
And then after the challenge, they give him the herb again. And then he burns the herb. <laughs> well, Killmonger burns the herb. That's at the end. So they they give him the herb again, and then they bury him in the sand, and he goes into this meditative state. Physiologically, impossible. He would die. Just saying all that. It, you know, when people think suffocation, they just think like the air going into the lungs, but they keep forgetting that we have pores all over yeah, our bodies. So you can literally suffocate through the pores. He was buried in sand. Just saying. There we go. And they, he was buried like whole face and everything buried. So um, it's it's probably magical sand and I'm, I'm blowing it way out of proportion, but whatever. Um, but there's a scene where he gets to actually talk to What's dad's name again? T'Chaka? He gets to talk to him. Yes. Well, he steals the scene from Lion King. And it was kind of like the first of two major scenes with his father. And you see where the issues are. And it's just like, it's an understanding of grief. Because this is also a week, not even 10 days after his father has passed. So this is exactly the time of Civil War happened right as that movie started because if you see at the very beginning of the movie there's a there's a newsreel where they're saying oh um the it's been a week since the death of um the king t'chaka of wakanda um the and the Mm -hmm. killer has been caught so the Mm -hmm. entire so this happens literally immediately after the series of events in civil war oh really that's that's so okay, so so the I thought it would be longer because I could have thought this. I thought the the time of civil war was at least. <laughs> so th- again, this goes back to this is why I also wanted to see the movie a second time. So he's he's dealing with a lot of grief, and with this grief, he also has to now take over the mantle of the king. Um. So talking about it from a family from of family therapy aspect and he did have a very good relationship with his dad he was very close to him he's not even getting to properly grieve his the loss but he is and and this is why i like this scene because he gets to have that moment um where his where he gets to talk to his dad and say i'm not ready and saying you're not ready you just automatically make yourself ready because grief math great yeah grief math <laughs> M- movies movie slash grief math so based on that you, you are ready but um but with that his dad gives him some great information well i thought it was awesome information so mm-hmm. he's talking about how the king of wakanda can't be a nice king and that, and that people is when we talk about like uh, what is that term in movies? It's right on the tip of my tongue, and I can't remember it. Foreshadowing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All of that foreshadowing. That was tons of foreshadowing. He's like, hey, by the way, just to just so that you know, sweetie. You know, shit's going to go down and you just can't be a nice person about it. Sometimes you got to be evil. But it also goes to the second time where he gets to talk to his dad. When he was like, I'm over your shit. The fuck? You left him. And I was like. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I, love, I love how he goes, you left the child. Because it wasn't even about having to kill his brother. It was like the fact that you left a kid on his own and didn't take him back. And I understand why that is hugely an issue and it became a question and so that became an issue culturally because people started discussing this idea of being lost because they consider pan-africans lost the lost children of africa the issue with this Mm -hmm. is that we end up in a situation where there's a lot of resentment because we did not ask to be lost. But it's also hard to go back. I 
I was like, I was lucky that I was able to be a part of the African Student Association when I was in college. So I was able to get in touch with my roots. And later in life, I got my DNA test. So I'm 86% West African. I know what the hell I am. I'm super black. I'm black. I'm black. I'm blackity black. I got like... (laughs) I'm getting you that t-shirt officially. (laughs) (laughs) I know what... And so because of that, like my great-grandfather was Irish, but everybody else in my sto- in my family line has been really Black, like, West African, like, my DNA is like, so you're, you're Black. No, you're, you're Black. You're really Black. Shh, 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 shh. You're Black. <laughs> and so, but the issue with that is that even though I understand what I am, I can't go to a Nigerian party and be like, hey, I'm Eb- I'm okay too. Like, I can't say that I'm from an Ebi tribe. I don't know what what tribe I'm from. I don't know what group I'm from, but I just I do know that I'm from this area, and I'm lost because I can't personally identify with the with any specific culture. I can't personally identify with any specific language. I just lucked out that I have a really close friend who's Nigerian, so I can reach out to her. And I've been invited to things that are very culturally diverse. But at the same time, looking at the story of Black Panther, this child who was who was trapped, who had the who should have had an opportunity to go back, had no opportunity to go to go back. And so the child bore resentment because if when they came back, they would only be seen as a lost child, not as one of their own, but someone who's kind of their own partially i'm just having a moment i'm having a a, a space cadet moment so well it's not really a space cadet cadet moment so this is where when when people when african-americans say that you know there is completely a difference from and and i'm gonna break it down this way because i've heard this argument way too often that um that they didn't have that choice no they didn't have a choice so whereas whereas europeans immigrated um to america they they made the choice we're coming to america because of a b c and d whereas the africans were taken from their homes killed you know and it's horrible because you will hear people say well there were um some africans who would sell their countrymen into slavery to spare themselves yes but the statistically that number was not large so when they say they're lost they are very much lost their their culture is robbed of them they didn't have that choice so now they're here in america and you know and this goes to that whole like america is a giant melting pot not everybody was from the same tribes yeah my also issue and specifically to be clear they actually if they were in the same tribes they would specifically separate them so that they would not have connections with their original families and that goes to that whole thing with communication is very important we know who we are because we communicate with other people this is a reason why when people um were born deaf they developed a sign language to get them to communicate so that they can communicate their their culture and their ancestry and everything and now these people are like nope you're not we're we're not going to allow you to communicate nope they were like you're going to speak our language and you're going to speak our words and we'll we'll teach you how to speak to others and we'll give you a culture we'll give you the culture that we want you to have and then you will still call you immigrant which is why I hate being called African American. I'm black. Yeah. Sorry. I can't. Africa is a country, and I've never gone to a white guy and be like, "You're European American." <laughs> Although the urge to call him a colonizer from now on is very, very tempting. Just be like, "Don't scare me like that, colonizer." <laughs> Everywhere the sun touches. <laughs> that and oh my god, I just realized what the hell you're talking about. The freaking, but wasn't that beforehand? Wasn't that a flashback? Okay, so I I just spazzed out, and we're, I'm talking about the Lion King moment. So, mm-hmm. 
in the movie The Lion King, there's a time mm-hmm. where Mufasa sits with Simba and says, "Every every uh, every place the the sun touches, uh, all the all the things that the light touch, uh, that, uh, all the land that the sun touches is ours, or something like that." Yeah, and uh, it's the most beautiful place. And it's a flashback. It's Takala and to uh, Chaka and Takala, and they're over there talking about. Uh, he's he's showing. A sun, the sunset. I think it was right. So, it's the sunset on uh, Wakanda, and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And that—that's—that's that's what we're talking about, aren't we? But and the the scene of the Serengeti where T'Challa speaks with his father um, when he's under the um, astral project- projection moment. Um, is also basically the same tree Rafiki was sitting in, um, in Lion King, you know, trust and believe. But, um, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to brush up on my Lion King again. <laughs> you are Black Panther. And I like the fact that they actually kept the original Black Panther mask as part of their tradition because if you look in when they do the 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 history scene you see that that was the mask that the first black panther wore i like the uh the tree had all those panthers in it as representations of all the black panthers before him and then when it was time for the um for the challenge mm-hmm. it was just like Put on the old mask. He's like, yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Uh, I have a question now because I know that's not the first time I've seen that mask—the mask that Killmonger wears. Ugh, we're gonna have to look that up at some point, or if somebody knows what I'm talking about, and not that I'm delir- delirious, unless I'm delirious, tell me I'm delirious. It happens. The the movie was a great re- representation of relationships and connections. Um, the relationship that T'Challa has with his mother, played by Angela Bassett, was amazing. Um, the relationship he had with sh- his little sister Shuri. Um, and as much as that they were uh, siblings, he didn't just go, oh, this is just my kid's sister. He raised her to a position of power, and not because she was his little sister, but because she was the most capable person to do it. Um, which was which said a lot, but also I don't think it was him that put her in that position, but the father. She was just like, and they just naming everything that she invented. She's like, oh yeah, vibranium is really hard to transfer. So I just made that of a train. Like what? Like it, don't worry, it's easy. Just like your first hover bike. Oh what? You have hover bikes. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part. <laughs> I think Everett had the worst reaction to all of this. This is also why I think he's a sexy lamp. Like, Claw, they had that entire scene where Claw was like, so they've been lying to you. They are lying to you right now. They are smarter than you. They are more, everything that they have is much more advanced than you. That arm I got is their technology. Everything they do is better than you. He's like, no, they got huts and they fawn. He's like, no (laughs) they're like no if there was a number higher than first that would be them and then he's like no no way then he gets shot and then he gets brought to a number that's higher than first Mm -hmm. and he has no reaction what kind of if I sat there and was like so you telling me that all this time I'm here thinking y'all some backyard hut driving don't know what oh, the difference between a car and a and a bike and kind of people and you sitting there talking about hover bikes the hell he had no reaction why was there no reaction it's it's a third world country again he still didn't have you been lied to you worked with this man for how long you said full well i trust him with my life and he's been lying to you about his entire country. You know 
in Doctor Strange, that was literally what made Mordor go evil, right? And this guy's like, okay, so let me hop into this hover VR module and just shoot things down because that's okay. I want to say there was no reaction because of the fact that he was the person to deal with mm-hmm. Bucky. Oh? Yo, but when Okoye goes, hold on, poof, then takes a spear, straight through the car, in front of the car, flips the car, you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Nikita's face, he's like, this bitch, you know how much this car costs? Like you about to be queen. You are, you are, your spending your your chump change is gonna be worth more than America. Listen, that was a great scene, and I keep saying that was my favorite scene, and I hate to say, it, but there's no other way to explain that this whole movie was my favorite scene. <laughs> but this hover, th- like this whole VR thing, the scene where Shuri like connects to the car, and she's basically there with her and I love the fact that he was she was like oh I don't get to go too don't worry you're my backup and I'm just like well how, what the hell is she supposed to do from fucking Africa if you're in Korea and then all of a sudden she's there even though she's not there and I love when she fell out of the car it was just amazing she's just like, and it breaks and just lands on her butt <laughs> listen that was awesome, but right before when she sticks the spear through the car to, so that she can have, so she's stuck on it, and the look that <laughs> So, we're talking about all this wonderfulness. What's with the, uh, the stuff that I keep hearing that there was an LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ scene that sh- should have been, been in it, and if it was cut out. There were about two hours of footage that should have been in the movie and was cut out. I heard it was like four hours long. <laughs> and I, I'm over here going, I, I, I want to see those extra two hours. Yeah. So we would have all watched it and not. Uh, no, but the thing is, is that there's a lot of, there was, people are looking for a reason to hate Black Panther. And an LGBTQ friend of mine was actually the first one to say something about it. He's like, y'all did not say anything about it during Civil War, Captain America, Iron Man, any of those movies. Y'all were not asking for uh, LGBTQ representation. So why are you asking for it now? Okay, do you want to hear my theory on this? Yes. <laughs> okay. So as 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 your Puerto Rican white friend, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the explanation. So this is a movie. And and I wish everybody could see my bunny ears. This is a movie based on minorities. So if this is a movie about minorities, every minority should be included, which then I was just like, well, if that's the theory that they're going with, then there should have been some Hispanics in there. There's, and I was like, well, maybe it was because they were in like Los Angeles or something, or they were like, oh, there, there's some Mexican guy on a corner. That's all Hispanics right there. <laughs> so let, let, so let's flash to the fact that y'all got your entire Asian culture because y'all, which are completely underrepresented, and they went to South Korea like chilling pretty certain yeah yeah well so so all asia was was covered because they had korea <laughs> so all of africa was covered because they had wakanda yeah. i'm pretty certain one of those kids who was playing ball was was hispanic so but that that covered so, all well, hispanic we don't races. know what what the kid is into we don't know what the kid if the kid likes boys or girls so there you go there's your lgbtq it, you don't have to be flagrantly a sexuality to be to have a sexuality you don't have to be a blatant like stereotypical femme or butch or whatever to be whatever besides that the if you ever read The World of Wakanda, which was a series that got canceled 
um, it actually centers on the fact that a lot of the Dora Milaje, since it was an all women's team, had a couple of sex, same sex relationships, especially seeing as to the fact that they're all supposed to be the king's bride. So they're not supposed to have boyfriends. Cough, cough, Okoye. But so that's why there was a lot of like they were they were basically the Themyscarans of Wakanda. And so that led to a lot of same-sex relationships going on within there and um, a lot of, like, whatever. They're all stressed out and they need to de-stress and they can't be like, my beloved. (laughs) But that's one issue. My also, again, before... We got we finally got a black movie. Y'all are reaching. Y'all are stretch armstronging. Y'all are Mr. Fantasticing when you ask for the for these extra things that was never seen previously in any other version. There's been thirty other movies, Marvel movies. And I think there's been like three same-sex um, relationships in the entire series. <laughs> but life would be so much easier. <laughs> See? So that's... I just sit there and look at everybody like, mm-mm. Um... What else? Yeah. I'm cool. I'm happy. Again, there's two hours that I wish was there. I'm pretty certain if they expanded on the two hours, we would have seen more of Madam Slay. We would have probably seen more of why Claude needed to be in this movie. Yeah, there he may have actually had a reason for being in the movie. <laughs> Except, again, I think it, his his only purpose was getting caught so that they can have Martin Freeman mm-hmm. in the movie. They needed their token white boys. Literally, token white boys. Not even token, Tolkien white boys. And why do I keep saying it that way? Because Martin Freeman played, um, not Bilbo Baggins, the other one. He played a Baggins because I can't remember the name of of his of his Baggins. <laughs> And <laughs> oh my god, just really bad. And uh, the guy he played, Claw, played Smeagol or Gollum. Gollum. One one place. Wait, one played Gollum. One played Smeagol, right? One of the Baggins. I've never watched it, so. What you are to Marvel, I am to all things Lord of the Rings related. No, 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 no. Martin Freeman played Baggins. Um, not Bilbo Baggins, but... Um, he was Elijah Baggins. I, I don't know why I can't remember which... It, mm. Oh, he was Bilbo Baggins. I don't know why I was... Th- Okay, so he was Bilbo Baggins. So that means I just I I can't I can't remember Elijah Wood's uh Baggins because he was a Baggin also. Okay. <laughs> I don't know no tokens. <laughs> so, but the other guy who played Claw, so the character's name is Gollum mm. when he becomes possessed and taken over by the power of the ring. But prior to that, his name was Smeagol. Um, so, yes. So, the two white guys that they have in the movie were both in J.R.R. Tolkien's movies. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, the, I, I think that was his only... Like, we have, to, we have to meet our quota for white people. So, let's just throw two in. And they're both... British, but we will make them not have a British accent. Cause that's usually how that goes, right? The the movie was amazing, and I, yes, I will have to say it, see it again. Um, 
we'll probably end up talking about Black Panther again, where I can actually like go into more detail about like some psychology aspects and some family therapy aspects because there were lots, and I was literally there for the last showing of the evening right after I pulled uh, I think a, at least an eight hour th day that day um, I know the day before was a 10 hour day and the day before that was a 12 hour day so um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I literally saw that movie and uh, yeah but I have to see it again um because it's it's re they really did an awesome job. Um, the plot was good. The dialogue was good. There's a lot of times that dialogue when they make these movies are kind of I don't want to say yeah it's forced. It's you know the conversations are really just like halted and meh. Yeah and and they didn't and that was awesome. Loved it. Loved everybody. I loved Black Panther. Oh, last thing I want to talk about is the last scene with Killmonger where he's basically dying. That scene where he said, um, bury me in the ocean. Bury me in the ocean because my ancestors um, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors because they knew that it was better to be dead than in bonds. That was, I mean, that was moving, um, and again, you have to see the movie because he talks about, and he gets a chance to do the same thing that T'Challa does and gets to talk to his father. Um, and it's crazy because you see, it, it noticed something for me when um when he went back, he went back to the age he was when he last saw him, and that's what I noticed with um with. That made me flashback to the scene where T'Challa meets with his father because it was like, oh, so you really see him at the age that you wanted to see him and not the age that you, the age that you last saw him and not the age that you felt that you were. Like, um, Killmonger didn't have much of a conversation with the adult version until he was angry. And there we go. Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Everybody was like, yo, I think the entire, the entire audience went, yo, that's deep, son. Best. I th and low-key became, America became a militant. It's like blacks went real militant real fast. They went, mm. But I did like that scene because I liked how he, when he saw his father, he saw himself as a child. And even though he was an adult and saw and should be able to address these things as an adult, you can see that when it comes to this trauma of his father dying, he is still a child and he's still trapped in this thought process of a child when it comes to the situation of his father dying. Well, and I mean, when you think about it in a trauma informed aspect, it's a situation where when we face a trauma, especially a trauma where it's, um, your caregiver, your parent is murdered um, and you're pretty much left alone. I mean, that's, that's a serious trauma. Um, a person stops d developing um, and, and not that they're just ultimately, what, what was he like eight or nine when this happened, but socially, he can't get past it. So it was a great scene where they where they actually got to talk about that rep representation of this was the trauma that happened to him. So he can't connect to his father as an adult because he's development, developmentally still a child, um, which is also very um, extremely evident in the fact that when he gets angry, he becomes an adult. It's the same argument that he was going to have, whether he was a child or he was his age. It was, you know, you told me about this place. You wanted to take me there. And now I'm here fucking everything up. YOLO. Burn it. Before we go, quick question. I want to ask everybody. Yo, 
if they burned the herb, how the fuck does this happen again? I.e., how does Shuri get her powers? Because I was going to ask you that because you're the Marvel. Expert. I had that exact question when I left. I was like, "Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up." Explain. Because he was like, "Well, what you guys think this is going to happen? You know, you're going to have another king? No, that's it. It's going to be me. So what? You think you're going to fucking live together forever? You become a Black Panther. It doesn't say that you're immortal. Just yeah, don't you think you're going to have your own kids? Like, sir." that's not how this works and i'm like who like somebody should have told broad how to talk to him like excuse me sir um that's nice and lovely and all but you're not gonna have kids i'm just letting you know you got an entire Dora malaji to pick from for a bride so you just think so are you gonna be the last king that that's your plan i'm just let me know so you're gonna be the last king and wakanda's gonna die without you because the, the other thing is okay so let me know because as soon as i find that shit i'm letting everybody know like you know he don't plan on this this country lasting very long right i'm just saying yep. because remember mm-hmm. the king is also the black panther so if the black panther is the protector of wakanda uh, he's like, that's it. We don't need any more of this because that's it with me. That means he's really just going to say, okay, well, fuck Wakanda after this. I'm, I'm going to be the king. I'll be the Black Panther. Um, and then when I die, guess what? Fuck you guys. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Yeah. So. No, remember, they had one piece and they gave it back to T'Challa so that he can. Wow. Yellow. So how does Shuri get it? I, I really hope they found like one piece left, like they survive a surviving yeah. piece just, of They it. have to explain. They they I yeah. Um I'm yeah. But I'm hoping you. that so he wasn't the, like Nakia wasn't the only one who was like let me just pocket a piece. If anybody has an idea on how they uh save that please uh email us um so we are going to actually end at at this we again we'll have another episode where we talk more about this um so if you want to reach out to us you can reach out um now we officially have our own email address which is geek geekfamilytherapy at gmail.com so you can email us questions there or if you have an answer to this email us there um, you can reach me on Twitter at CatMFT. You can reach Leah at L-F-B-E-E-E on Twitter. So, yeah, Twitter uh, at GeekFamTherapy. Instagram, we're there also. Um, and, of course, Facebook, we're there. Um, so just look us up on Facebook for Geek Fam- uh, GFT, Geek Family Therapy. Instagram, same deal. Um, until next time, people. Again. Good night, all. <laughs> okay, we love you. Bye bye.